Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Legends of the Hall podcast, our show focused on the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs, Colorado. As we roll over to the month of November, we're just a month away now from the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, which, of course, kicks off on December the 7th. There is news this week about a man who is not currently in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. His dad is, and he certainly will be joining his father sometime soon. Casey Field has announced on Kendra Santos' podcast that he is going to retire. Field finished 16th in the PRCA's World Standings this year, did not qualify for the Wrangler National Finals rodeo on the bareback riding. Casey's 36 years old, six-time world champion, $3.4 million in career earnings, 13 NFRs, more NFR go-round wins than any bareback rider in history, and three championships at the American Rodeo. Can we say the GOAT, the greatest of all time? I think so. Casey Field, thank you for everything you have done. We look forward to seeing you in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame sometime soon. Today's program is being sponsored by Wrangler, the official Western wear of Pro Rodeo. Long live Cowboys. Today's guests, we're going to talk a lot about barrel racing this afternoon with Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inductee Christy Peterson, four-time world champion, and her daughter, Jordan Briggs, who's a 2021 world champion. That's coming up on Legends of the Hall. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon. Thanks for all of your support of our 8 Seconds Media radio shows, the new Steve Kenyon podcast, and our social media sites. Now you can wear 8 Seconds Media wherever you go. Just visit the 8 Seconds Media store, ball caps in some fun colors, T-shirts in all sizes for men and women, and with fall coming, we've got some warm hoodies waiting for you. Just click on the shop link at 8secondsmedia.com. Coming up this week on the Steve Kenyon Podcast, we'll talk a lot about bull riding. Josh Frost will join us, the Linderman Award winner, and now headed to his fourth Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. We hope you'll join us for the Steve Kenyon Podcast. It drops every Thursday at 8secondsmedia.com. So let's get to Legends of the Hall. Christy Peterson, 2018 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inductee, and Jordan Briggs, her daughter, 2021 world champion. Of course, Christy won four world titles in her career. And a big thank you to Tarleton State University, Stephenville, Texas. They allowed us, Mark Eakin, the rodeo coach, and the rodeo team at Tarleton State to spend some time in their beautiful facility for this interview. It's time for Legends of the Hall with Christy Peterson and Jordan Briggs. Legends of the Hall. This is our podcast centered around the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. I'm Steve Kenyon. We are at Tarleton State University. I want to start by saying thank you to Mark Eakin and his crew here at Tarleton State for allowing us to take advantage of their beautiful facility. You ever seen a college rodeo program with a weight room and a uh, all of the things that they have here. Tarleton's got all of it. And uh, we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, You probably recognize the two ladies next to me, Christy Peterson, world champion, 1994, 1996, 97, 98. And her daughter, Jordan Briggs, world champion, 2021. The only mother and daughter team to pull that one off. And uh, Christy, let me start with you. Um, 
let me let me start with that question. How proud were you, are you of the fact that you and Jordan have both accomplished that gold buckle feat? Um, I don't. I, I remember it very clearly when she won the world. How how it felt. It was like <laughs> I didn't think it could get any better. How she did so well, but then to have that honor on top of it, we're crybabies together. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is just really cool. I mean, I in the beginning didn't really want. Jordan to rodeo because you know at, as time goes on it gets more dangerous on the road and but I mean she just was a natural from the very beginning and loved horses so yeah um you got asked about that constantly I'm sure I was one of the people that asked you about it in 2021 um sharing a gold buckle with your mom well of course I've thought I was going to do it since I was probably four years old but the fact that it really happened and that, you know, it's a lot harder feat to do when you get older than when you're a kid and you think you're going to do it. And so it was really cool. I mean, when I was in a, when I was a kid, my goal was to beat Charmaine James's 11 records. Yeah. So just having one with my mom was pretty easy. <laughs> 2018, you go in the Hall of Fame. Bozo goes in the Hall of Fame the same year. I, it couldn't have been more appropriate as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, take me back to that weekend. What was that like? Well, you know, we had moved to Texas. So a lot of my Colorado people that were on the roller coaster of the whole rodeo thing with me all those years were there. And my mom and dad got to be there. And uh, even a carload of my friends from Texas came. So I was really honored by the, the people who showed up and the people I was inducted with. Yeah, that was a great class. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Jordan brought it up before we started. Um, it was kind of all the people, Speed and Rich, and a bunch of, guy, bunch of people you rodeoed with, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and now their kids are rodeoing, so um, it's very... What was it like to watch your mom go in the Hall of Fame? It was really cool. Um, just just the, the I've, you know, we went there every year when she would win the world and stuff like that, to, so to be in there permanently is really cool. I want to take you, Christy, back to when Jordan was a kid. Um, I could do a really mean thing and ask you to tell me all about Jordan as a young person, whether she was, um, and you can do that if you want to. Um, but one of the things that Jordan told me when, when she won that world title was she talked about traveling with mom mm -hmm. and having the chance to have experienced all of that with you through your eyes. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, Jordan did kind of grow up on the road, and some of the teachers were awful good about giving us, you know, her work, and some of them weren't, so we had to work around that, and um, I, I don't know. I think it was a good life, don't you? Mm -hmm. we, we didn't go to, a, you know, a lot of rodeos, so that kept her actually in school, too. We yeah. didn't, she didn't homeschool till high school. She's going into the NFR this year, second in the world, having gone to only 30 rodeos. I was thinking as I was driving over here today to do this about when you and, and Charmaine and, and that whole group that you competed with and against were going. Did y'all have the luxury of going to 25, 30 rodeos like, you know, Jordan and Wenda Johnson and some of the barrel racers are today? Uh, it just seemed like people went to a lot more. I think I can't remember exactly, but it seemed like 40 was my minimum. But I didn't know that the WPRA had a minimum you had to go to to qualify for the NFR. Yeah. So. And and I th there are limits now that maybe weren't in place then, Jordan. I don't know if that applies to the barrel racers or not. 
Um, well, the minimum is 25 and the maximum is a hundred. And I don't know if that was around when you were rodeoing or not. Um, I I know there's people who went to 125. Wow. Yeah. There were, I don't think there was a minimum there. Didn't. And the guys, the guys are at 75, which I think is unfair to them because honestly it's easier for them to rodeo than it is us because they can borrow horses and fly and you know the barrel racers just don't do that as much yeah it depends event by event i think the guys the ropers are at 75 the bareback riders are at 100 i think it's it's just if i had my way about it count them all just go but that's i i also am not the person who has to drive a big diesel truck pulling a horse trailer around all over the place so i'm my perspective is probably skewed but if i had my way about it count them all that's a whole nother podcast probably yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) tell me about bozo what was he like what was he like when we weren't watching him in the arena was he kind of a handful outside uh when when you were leading him back and forth to the trailer and doing all those kinds of fun things people would always ask me oh don't you wish you would have left him a stud like i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) he would have been a horrible stud Mm -hmm. he was he was half study anyways i think he was a little proud cut i i wondered that myself he liked the girls really Mm -hmm. and the girls liked him did, was he gelded later in life, or was he gelded well, with fairly Well, we bought young? him when he was two, and we had a Canadian bull rider give him a little shot and turn him over and castrate him. Uh-huh. I didn't watch, but Chuck did, so I'm assuming it was good. <laughs> so you assume he got the job done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he was a very arrogant horse. He, he definitely knew who he was, and he, he wasn't, you know, that warm, fuzzy guy. He just wanted to do his thing. He loved barrel racing, for sure. A wise man once said, it ain't bragging if you can do it. He could do it. (laughs) He could do it. He could do it. Um, Will there ever be another situation? The answer to this question is a no. Um, Will there ever be another situation where two barrel racers can win world titles, dominate the world championship race over a period of, what, 15 years, riding horses that cost combined less than $2,000 to win a world title? course i'm talking about charmaine and scamper and then christian bozo um i forget what charmaine paid for scamper is like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars the story is you paid about four hundred dollars for bozo the guy wanted five hundred and you went back put a hundred dollar bill in his mailbox later on when he worked out is that correct true yeah Mm -hmm. um i i can't imagine that would ever happen again i can't imagine that would ever happen again either i mean now that they're breeding four barrel horses uh it's working yeah you know Horses don't last as long as they used to, and I hate to say that, and I, I, you know, I hope Rolo lasts a long time. When I think about Rolo lasting as long as Bozo, I think about, like, Sister has lasted a long time, uh, Missy has lasted a long time, and those are the horses I want to look forward to, but in the, the scheme of things, they just don't last as long as they did when Bozo and Scamper were around. Which is interesting, because you're not maybe going to as many rodeos, so you're not spending as much time in the trailer. I don't know. I don't know if there's an explanation for that. I think it's the breeding. Um, I think that we have made them so fast, and we've, you know, we've just done so much barrel racing breeding to make them the amazing athletes that they are. But now, maybe we've slimmed the slimmed the breeding down a little much that it just doesn't last as long. But it's so much efficient. Um, so let me ask you: Is Rollo's not Frenchman's guy, right? He's no. not related to Bozo in any way. He's not. Um, Tell me about his bloodlines. Remind me of his breeding. He is a dash to fame out of a blazing Jetalina Lady Perksmere. Got it. Um, 
Was he supposed to be a rope horse? Is that the way I remember the story? He is a rope horse, but no, he was never supposed to be Got only it. a rope horse. <laughs> Got it. I understand. Uh, what it, did you do anything, do anything other than barrel race on Bozo? Did you rope on him? Did oh, you yeah. work cows on him? Did you? We, we worked cows on him, which wasn't pleasant. But the kids, my older kids, they did barrels and poles on him. They did what they call steer dobbing. Yeah. You know, in Little Bridges Youth Association. So he did it all when he was young. When you started high school rodeoing, you were rodeoing on the horse your mom won a bunch of world titles on, right? Yeah, so I won the high school state finals on Bozo, and then I had ran 19 fives on him in poles. 19 fives in pole bending? Yeah, he was an amazing pole horse. He loved to do anything fast. (laughs) What attracted you to him, Christy? To Bozo? Yeah. He was cheap. Yeah, he was. Truthfully, you know, I was kind of a horse trader. I drove a school bus, and my kids could ride the bus with me at that time. So I kind of worked out of my house, and that was how I supplemented my income tiny Um, watch oh yeah that's true i had a horse named bob before him and he had tiny watch breeding which yeah of course is marlene mccray's i was gonna say back if you go back to oh yeah the the 90s maybe the 80s and marlene made those horses popular there were a lot of tiny watches out there at that time, right? Well, Dash to Fame is tiny watch. On oh, the yeah. yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Janet Stover's horse, great horse, Bo. He went back to tiny watch. There, there was a lot of them. They, they did a whole article on it. I can't remember all of them, but yeah, it was pretty lot. cool. Um, the induction biography of Bozo on the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame's website and on the ProRodeo.com website talks about when you had all the success that you had that really launched Frenchman's Guy to another level. Did you feel like that? Um, yes. I also felt like the mare side of that also became very popular, as well they should. His yeah. mom's in the Hall of Fame now, Quarter Horse Hall of Fame. And the families that benefited from all that are awesome people. So yeah. it was great. My late friend, Judd Little, used to constantly say the stallions are the ones that get all the credit but it's mare power do you guys agree with that yes i do the the mares are are a major contributing factor to the talent of these horses for sure well i am the brood mare well there you go (laughs) i mean that's (laughs) case closed Yes. <laughs> you ever heard your mom refer to herself like that before? Yes, I have. Oh, she says it okay. often. Yes, she wants all the credit. Got it. Well, all right. She did. Well, Chuck had a hand in it. Too. Yeah, she yeah. did teach you a thing or two. Yes. What'd she teach you? Uh, to appreciate this lifestyle and that we get to love at what we do for a living, and to take care of my horse and appreciate him and know my horse, and so. Uh, that's why I've only been to 30 rodeos is because of my mom. Um, when did you, I want to say Haley shut sister down like 4th of July or soon thereafter. Did you kind of, you've only been to 30 rodeos. Did you kind of shut uh, Rolo down at some point during the course of the year this year or? So I give him breaks, um, like the winter, even though we only go to Fort Worth, San Antonio, uh, Houston, and like the American, 
that's like 17 runs. Yeah. I added it up with those 14 or four rodeos. And so after that, I want to give him like a couple months off and then get him back in shape to really go hard for the summer and then give him some time off before the NFR. Rolo is all or nothing. Like right. he doesn't stay in shape very good. Um, he gets, he tends towards the gut and gets fat easily. I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he has to be in really good running shape and running a lot, or he has to be on vacation. Got it. So I plan my schedule, knock on wood, around that. And luckily, I've been able to win Houston the last two years, so that's really helped with my decisions on my breaks. Sure. So one more question about that then. The National Finals Rodeo starts December the 7th, obviously. Um, we're talking on October 25th. So you told me before we started he's doing a lot of swimming right now. Yes. How do you – will you make it? Will you make some runs? Will you – Will he make any barrel runs between now and the NFR? How do you approach that? So the last couple of years, I've only went to the WPRA finals and then to the finals. And this year, um, I am going to run him more and have him sharper before the NFR. Um, and there's just such good jackpots. Right. And so I went to Abilene last weekend. That was his first run since um, Ellensburg. And then I'll go to another one this weekend, then to the WPRA finals. So, yes, I'm going to make more runs this year. Christy has the has the science of – I'm not sure science is the right word, but has the approach of doing things like Jordan just described. Have barrel racers become – I don't want to say more sophisticated, but those are the only words I can put together to, to finish this question. Have barrel racers become more sophisticated in the way they plan out some of these things and – manage their horses or am I not giving your generation enough credit for the way that, that you were able to keep good horses going I mean you know you 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 won a lot on one horse Charmaine won a lot on one horse mm -hmm. um so Marlene won a lot on one horse yeah so we should give your generation a lot of credit for it for the way you maintained it mm -hmm. and we were cold water therapy after a run you know we weren't sophisticated as they have a lot more tools in the vet area now yeah and Charmaine was kind of a, a, a leader in that, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to think Butte was a drug, so <laughs> <laughs> now I take Advil. By the, no. Yeah, well. well, somebody explained it to me like this one time. It's like, you know, back when Mom was going, not every barrel racer was swimming their horse. Not every barrel racer was taking their horse to the vet every three months and then with us every barrel racer is right. so you can't be the only barrel racer that doesn't have your horse in tip-top shape and in zero pain and yeah. all of those things so every you know no matter what it is you're on a you have to be on a level level playing field they were on a level playing field of just how they were I have to keep up with the Joneses sure <laughs> mm -hmm. sure um well and there are, everybody's got their own unique approach to it Brittany set a record this year, but she rode two or three, I think, during the course of the season. Um, you you stayed on Rolo. You went to 30 rodeos. Um, Wenda sadly lost a great horse. She, she only went to 25 or 30 again. Um, Haley actually, I think, went to a few more this year, but she didn't go to a lot of them on Sister. Mm -hmm. I'm just rattling this off on the top of my head. So everybody's approach is different. Well, my approach, and I learned this from my mom too, is, you know, 
Bozo was the only horse that made my mom want to leave the house. Right. And I feel the same way. Rolo is the only horse that makes me want to leave my family when I have to, leave my home. I'm a homebody, and I love to stay home and ride colts and go to the exhibitions, the $5 exhibitions. That's my dream. <laughs> so I don't... I don't really care to go to a rodeo unless Rolo's in the trailer. Right. So I am just going to try to make that last as long as I can. And I have 30 horses at home prepared for when I jump right back into the futurity world. Got it. Um, how much did you do in the futurity world, Christy? Did you? Bozo. Bozo. I didn't even know it. about it when I had Bob. And, you know, I, I did Little Bridges Rodeo when I was a kid. So my parents were a big, you know, influence in my life that way i wouldn't have even been doing any of that if they wouldn't have made those sacrifices um uh i i don't know bozo was kind of it bozo well bob was really good at the amateurs i didn't know about the fraternities uh but he just went and ran and won and i i remember the first one i called home and i said chuck we just won $10,000. And he's like, you lying, you know. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of money then. And, uh, you know, he just, I always said he was four years old. If he ever went backwards, I would, you know, give him a break. He never did. Well, he was an amazing fraternity horse. Or he was a derby. good fraternity horse. He was an amazing derby horse. Right. I mean, even today, like Chris Coffey and Troy Crumrine and those people, they'll still come up to me and talk about Bozo, his, his derby year. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So how many derbies did you go to? I mean, what'd you do with him? Only the big ones. You know, yeah. I don't know how many there were. but He know. won Fort Smith because we have a picture of me as a baby sitting on the barrel. In Oklahoma your... City, they had a derby and a sweepstakes. He won both of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was phenomenal. And, and then what do you do? You got to. Well, you made then... the circuit finals on him as like a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then. Went to Pocatello every year. Yeah, he. He never backed up. He just got it, knew how to do it, wanted to do it, never hit a, wanted to hit a barrel. How old was he in 1994 when you won the NFR, when you won your first world title? I think he was six. So he was a six-year-old then. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you pulled off something amazing. I don't know how many other people can say they've even come close to this. Um, you won checks at 22 straight go-rounds at the NFR. And if I remember the story right, you missed one, and then you won checks at 17 more go-rounds at the NFR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, can, how awesome was that? That was pretty dang awesome. I mean. How'd you do it? You're spoiled. It's yeah. just, you know, spoiled. We were a team. I'm not like Jordan. I can't jump on a whole bunch of different horses. I, I had to stay on Bozo. I could train some Colts, but I couldn't run two horses. I, was, I would mess him up. I would, my timing would get bad, so. We were just a team. Were you like Jordan when Jordan says she didn't want to leave the house unless Rolo's in the trailer? Obviously, you didn't want to leave the house unless Bozo was front oh, and center. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, yeah. Sharon Smith said it best that we have these incredible athletes and we have to take them on the road so people can see them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, for the longest time, I believed that every barrel racer is blessed with one great horse. Mm-hmm. Then you get people like Brittany, who's had how many? You get people like, well, you've got a whole bunch at, at home. I mean, Rolo is obviously awesome. I don't know that that theory is true. 
Um, I guess it just depends on your priorities and how you approach it, right, Christy? That's exactly it. I, I never chased it after Bozo because I didn't, I, I, that wasn't my goal. That wasn't my, what I wanted to do with my life right then. So, but For, if you do have those goals and you have the ambition, it's not true anymore. You can yeah. make it on several. And Charmaine made it on more than one. Yeah, she did. Also, and, and another thing about her is she made money when there wasn't, she made a lot of money when there wasn't that much money to be made. Yeah. She dominated. And Deb Mohan. I, was, I told you before we started, my dumb question of the interview, I'm going to sell a sponsorship, Steve's dumb question of the interview. <laughs> my dumb question of the interview is going to be this. Have you ever been tempted to take a look at, Jordan's about to go to the NFR run for $30,000 a go-round, and almost $80,000 average. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I w At some point, I might think to myself, okay, I won all that money, 22 straight go-rounds. I'm going to go back and look at how I placed and multiply that by what my daughter's got a chance to win today <laughs> just to see what it would have translated into. I mean, it would have been a lot, Christy. A lot, yeah. But it's all relevant. I'm grateful for what I got, and, you know, he helped my whole family. Yeah. Um, am I... Am I right in thinking it's kind of a big deal, Jordan? If you look at most of the contestants in every event, I think every barrel racer, I think, has won over $100,000 this year mm -hmm. starting the National Finals Rodeo. Wow. Before they give you that extra $10,000 on the night they give you the back numbers and all that, starting the NFR, there are like four or five healers, I think, and a couple other guys in a couple of other events and even a bunch of the breakaway ropers have won over 100,000 this year I think that's a big deal it is it's amazing and we're so grateful because with like COVID and the economy and everything like that for people to step up because it's so expensive like the trucks are crazy the trailers are crazy yeah. horses are the diesel and everything you know I, I'm just so glad that those people stepped up to increase the payouts and right. there was there wasn't just one event that broke the season leading earners this year there were several bareback riding tie down roping steer wrestling yeah. barrel racing breakaway. breakaway roping three times mm -hmm. um Martha broke her own record from last year in the breakaway roping and she's not even going in number one she's going in third yeah. um bull riding Stetson Wright's doing unbelievable things yeah um it's when COVID hit and both of you can can take this and go wherever you want to with it when COVID hit I thought oh man we're in trouble yeah horse prices are going to go right down the tubes none of that happened it didn't I didn't even no. breed horses that year hardly because I just was like you know none of us know what's going to happen yeah and so but for to think of that it's gone this way is just unbelievable yeah it's I don't know if we got lucky or if, or what happened or if people just love this lifestyle so much, Christy. I don't know. I know it. I, you know, I I really think kind of money corrupts a little bit. You know, there's a lot of money and it. it's more like racehorses now and jockeys. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. But that's that's the way it is. That's the way it got showing 4-H. You know, you buy bigger, better stock from for more money and it's just the way the world is. What would, okay, after that comment, this is probably a dumb time to ask this question. What would Bozo be worth today on the well, horse market? Well, we were talking on the way over here, and I, I, I can't even say those words, that she says horses are worth 
just an average horse that places at rodeos? How much, Jordan? Four hundred. Yeah. I was. I was. Well, I paid four hundred for mine. <laughs> yeah, you did. It's just the decimal point was in a different spot. Uh, you just have to add three zeros to it now. Is all. Um, I he might be worth more than that. He'd be worth a half a million or more, wouldn't he? Oh, for sure. I wouldn't take a million dollars for mine. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Um, she won money in thirty nine out of forty go rounds at the national finals rodeo. The words that you wish you would have not said to people like me in 2021 were the words, I haven't hit a barrel all year. <laughs> not you? I. I said Rolo. Oh, hasn't. Rolo hasn't hit a barrel all year. <laughs> that, that was a phenomenal accomplishment, though. I don't know. I, I'm sure you can go back through the history of barrel racing, find somebody that's pulled something like that or close to it off, but I don't know who. Yeah, I don't, you know, my goal that year was the average because I knew I just had a horse that was so consistent and that could do it because, you know, who isn't sitting on their couch watching the NFR thinking, why do these barrel racers keep hitting barrels? Yeah. (laughs) And so since I All the five Ders that that get online and (laughs) tell you guys how you should be. Did I say that with my outside voice? I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) No, for sure. That's how I felt with my 10-year break of the NFR. And so that was my goal, like don't right. hit a barrel and just go for the average. And so I, literally when I walked to that interview, I was thinking, you know what? He hasn't hit a barrel at all this year. And I had, I had hit a barrel on a Colt that year and broke my ankle. Okay, oh, yeah. got it. And then I couldn't rodeo for two months. So it wasn't a pat on the back for myself whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> when you went to the NFR the first time in 2009. Yes. And then you went back in 2021. Yes. Um, did you guys have a conversation about that at all? What, what, what did you talk to each other about when you, when you were thinking, okay, I'm going to go back and hit the road and... I, I, you had rodeoed obviously consistently through that time, but did you do something different other than get Rolo? Um, in two th- did you go to more? Did you, did you go to your mom and say, "I'm going to try to make the finals again"? How did that, how did that work? Or am I totally off base? Well, coming from the, you get, you know, you think you only get one great horse. I feel like I've had several great horses. Gesture was absolutely amazing yeah. back in the day, um, but it just came into my life and my goals was I didn't want to be a broke rodeo person and I made the NFR and I had this horse that was worth money which is now kind of chump change to today yeah but I had a chance to sell him after the NFR and like I said my dream is those five dollar exhibitions I love Colts and so I sold Jester to invest in Colts and I trained fraternity horses for 10 straight years, and I sold every single one of them and started over for 10 straight years. Mm. And then Rolo came into our life, and he was the one horse, and we were financially stable that I was like, we all decided as a family, Justin, me, mom, especially, I had a little baby. I was pregnant while I was training Rolo. And so it it was a group decision that this is the horse I'm going to keep and go rodeo again and see what happens. And I turned down life-changing money for him to to keep him and do it again. Yeah. You're nodding your head the whole time she's telling this story. <laughs> I just remember, you know, when, when you get an offer like that that's life-changing, you're like, oh, my gosh. It's the same with me. I, I you know, when I got Bozo, to hit the road, I went part-time at my job. 
and then I, I was making more on a weekend than I was making in a month at my job. Right. But I have kids. I have, you know, I have a family. So all it takes is one stumble, and he's done. Is that the untold story that people people don't ever hear from rodeo announcers in the arena? And they don't. I mean, they watch you. They watched you for so many years on Bozo, and they don't know the behind the scenes that you're a mom. You got a job. You got a family. Um, cowboys and cowgirls got bills too. Mm-hmm. Um, Exactly. Is that the untold story for so many of us? Probably because, um, you know, I did it in st- – I'm, I'm cheap. I'm, I'm a tightwad. So we stayed in a – Spent 400 bucks on a horse. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> so we stayed in a Capri camper for a long time because, again, one stumble and you're back to square one, right? Right. But he never stumbled. We did move up to a living quarters trailer, and it lasted a very, very long time. Can I ask a massively nosy question? You can tell me it's none of my business if you okay. want to. Anybody ever come to you and say, hey, that, that, that horse over there with the big striped face on, what do you want for him? Yeah, well, yes. Uh, I had actually agreed to sell him to somebody. This is probably the worst thing I've ever done in my whole life, and I reneged on it. I said, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I couldn't hmm. do it. And then one time somebody did offer me a blank check, and they were on horseback in the back of me, and Bozo kicked their horse. So I guess that was a no. <laughs> <laughs> But after a certain point, there's no money that can buy your horse. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I um, think it's it's an honor to feed those horses for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Roller doesn't know you a thing no. already. And yeah. he's still got a bunch of NFR trips left in him. Yeah, uh, Tanya Randall texted me last week. And Rolo's nine years old, so he's com- been competing for four years. And he's won $1.2 million. Wow. Is that between futurities and rodeos, or yes. is that just rodeos? Between fraternities and rodeos. Wow. Um, I didn't realize he'd won that much. Yeah. Did you realize he'd won that much? <sighs> no, I hadn't. I didn't know we were well over a million yet. Yeah. Um, so talking with Jordan Briggs and Christy Peterson, um, mom and daughter, Hall of Famer, potential future Hall of Famer. Um, <laughs> You keep winning world titles, it's kind of hard to not put you in the Hall of Fame someday. <laughs> um, what do you, as you look at life for barrel racers today, Christy, you, you made the comment about all the years in the Capri Camper and then finally buying a living quarters. Um, I go to rodeos. I was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is a rodeo I love. And a rodeo I thought had a really big parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you there this year? No. There was good because there would have been no place to park. <laughs> they, I mean, they just filled it up. Yes. Um, it, it's the way this sport is evolving, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you look at it. You look at it obviously from the perspective of a mom of a world champion who you'd like to see be a world champion again. But what do you think when you watch the way this sport is going? <laughs> well, the money's good. It needs to be good. Um, the the negative for me watching the format now is there's too many runs on your horse. Yeah. I guess that's for the audience, but it's almost like the same amount of money as a few years ago, but more runs on your horse. I don't I don't know if I like that. Yeah, there are there are a lot of these rodeos that are tournament style now and multiple runs and um, and I don't you know the I guess the good thing is you're in one place you're not having to go from place to place to place like you are on you know Fourth of July where you can go to 
10 rodeos and go 10,000 miles and mm -hmm. but there are a lot of runs on your horse so there's negatives and positives on all of it I guess huh? I agree like um you know shine or uh, let's see Calgary I appreciated them because at least they paid seven thousand right. dollars in the bracket rounds and that's worth running your horse for to get to the short round now when I go to like Fort Worth I love Fort Worth it's one of my favorite rodeos I still wear the Fort Worth buckle today from 09 short trip but to run my horse three times for $1,500 or $2,500 or whatever it is, it, it irks me. It really does. And so I wish it would go back to just the two rounds and a short round and have more money for each run because if, in the fast times, if you don't have a perfect run and you have to have a perfect run to win $2,500 to advance, yeah. mm -hmm. it's, just, it's a lot of pressure. I, I need a break after the winter run. Because every run, you have to be fast. It's no average. It's You have to have your best run every single time. And like at Houston, you know, it's like I ran like the fastest time in the semifinals. And it's like, oh, I have to do that again. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, there's no perfect format. No. It's, I, 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 wanted, I believe that all rodeo committees tried the best they can. Sure, sure. Because they're, they're trying to get everybody there. They're trying to make the – situation is best but there is no perfect format um I, if somebody settles on one way to go how hard is the nfr over 10 rounds how hard was the nfr with bozo over 10 rounds because he could every story i ever heard was that yeah as awesome as he was he could be a handful um did you have people there to help you were you how did, how did you handle all that no i was a one-man show Chuck, Chuck was the man. Got it. <laughs> I mean, he would even say, she doesn't even know where her horse is half the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he took care of them. They had equal respect for each other and love. So, um, no, we no, we stayed on grounds every single year. Yeah. Got him out of the stall, you know, many times during the day. So, it, it's uh, I, back to the format. Like, I understood they did that for the audience. Yeah. You know. They but, did. But I have friends call me and ask me questions about it, and it's like, heck if I know. I don't get it. The theory behind a lot of those formats is that it's easier for the audience to understand if they see a winner every night. Mm -hmm. If they know that, you know, as opposed to um, you ran on Tuesday of this week and the champion will be crowned on Saturday of the following week. Um, and that was – that. I think that that's that's the explanation I've always heard for tournament style formats mm -hmm. is for the crowd's benefit um, and the opportunity for, for contestants to win money every day. Mm -hmm. But for the crowd's benefit, they see a winner every night. That's I'm not yeah. I, I'm just telling right. you. Yeah, you're right. I mean, basically, that's the way I've always understood it, too. Mm -hmm. If we're if, if you're wrong, we're both wrong, because yeah. that's the way I've always understood it, too. Yeah. So, so. maybe if you're just a person watching the rodeo. But if you're a rodeo person, you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and. A semifinals and then a finals. And then, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and you're right, Jordan. I never thought about it. You have to be perfect yeah. at those rodeos, as tough as the competition is. For you sure. really do. You have to be perfect at so many of them. Mm -hmm. um, Christy, what was your, when you were competing, as I remember, the rodeo season ended like Halloween, right? It was end of October, beginning of November. Mm -hmm. I want to say maybe even there was a tour finale like in 
Allen, Texas, or McAllen, Texas, or Allen, Texas, something like that. Second, third week in November, some of those years. So a shorter turnaround, I guess, is where I'm going. What'd you do with Bozo in between? Much? Anything? Well, that is a very interesting question. Because we lived in Colorado, where it snowed a lot, and we lived at a very high elevation. Where it snowed even more. Yeah. So I would trot him along the side of the road, where it's sandy under the snow, to keep him in shape up and down. And then I would go to a local jackpot to, you know, a couple of those before I went and get my butt kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Every year I'd get my butt kicked. And some jackpot would go away going, I just beat Bozo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Gave me motivation. Yeah, that's it. During the time, um, Bozo was a six-year-old the year that you won your first world title. Did you go to, I forget your, your I should know this and I don't, and I apologize. Did you go to the NFR the year before or was that your first NFR? No, I went to the, the year before. I hit a barrel. That was, I don't know. I always looked at it as I wasn't ready. That was Charmaine's yeah. tenth, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that then, was Charmaine's tenth in 93. So, yeah, so all the people like you would always say that you bumped off Charmaine. Yeah, I remember, I remember a quote from you <laughs> responding to that, and it was like, I didn't bump off Charmaine. It's not like I took her out back and beat her up. <laughs> I didn't bump off Charmaine James. We, I won the barrel race, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and we – competed and it was a great event yes. but i remember that quote it's not like i took her out and beat her up <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound like that yeah 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 she was a great champion i guess i wasn't ready wasn't my turn and i it was my turn later yeah who else was going when you were Sharon competing Cobalt at that time was yeah. real hot at the nfr that first year deb mohan was always oh, deb, yeah. yeah if there wasn't a scamper and charmaine right deb mohan and yeah, yeah. You know, there's always. It seems like there's always somebody in sports. <laughs> if there wasn't, if there wasn't a Stetson Wright, would Kai Hamilton be a world champion bull rider by right. now? If there wasn't a, uh, would Josh Frost be an all-around champion right now? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, there are always going to be those what ifs. But by the same token, um, they also create some great rivalries. Were there rivalries? Were there people that we were watching at that time? Was it? Christie versus anybody, or mm-hmm. did you? You probably didn't even. I, I, I know you just well enough to know. I don't think your personality allows you to go there. No. Plus, I was older. Yeah. You know, I was older than most of them when I went, and so uh, I don't think people were jealous of me or looked at me like that. And there wasn't the horses weren't as deep. It seemed like there was Charmaine, Deb. You know, there was five or six that kind of dominated. Now, it's like twenty. Yeah. Maybe 30, maybe 50. Yeah. There are a lot of that. It seems to me like Jordan, every, every year we go to the national finals rodeo and I think this is as good a field of barrel horses as I've ever seen. And I felt that way for about the last 15 years. It seems like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, how could it get any faster? Yeah. Yeah. And then it keeps getting faster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not careful. Somebody's going to run a 12 in that little building someday. (laughs) What's the arena record at 1311? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, to me, Rolo is so technically correct. And, and when I watch Justin and Jordan train Colts, you know, all different breeds and everything, they, their program is just so good that they're, well, how do you say that? They're just so technically correct in their footsteps. And she does it to all of them. Of course, she gets them nicely broke from her husband. You know, we can't forget about him. He's right. a, a very big part. But it's really cool to watch. 
Tell me about the training process for you guys. Do you you said you've got twenty nine other horses at home aside from Romo? How's that training process work? Uh, we raise a couple. We buy several. Um, I'm not afraid to go buy some babies and yearlings and whatever's popular at the time. And then we are building all around horses. Justin breaks them all as two year olds, and then uh, now that I'm rodeoing, we are more going towards the five-year-old fraternities just to give us that extra little bit but our training program is based on anybody can ride them I want to sell my horses to kids I make pole horses we make rope horses so I want to make them that anybody can jump on them and ride them one-handed and I want to be a trainer that people can ride behind because that's going to keep me in business and pay my bills right and that's my son's a horse trainer People, people respect that, and they look for that. Yes. They really do. Um, have you guys had horses go into other disciplines? Justin's a roper. You're a barrel racer. Are there any bulldogging horses that you started out there, or team roping horses, or tie-down rope, tie roping horses, anything like that? Yeah. Obviously, there's team roping horses. We have a world champion bulldogging horse. Mom does, actually. That was kind of before me. Actually, your dad. Yeah, dad. Uh, <laughs> oat. With Bray Arms. Oh, wow. And Matt Reeves. He was one of our barrel racing rejects. That was the pretty Palomino. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite horses to watch. I did not know that he had roots that go back to you. Yeah, we, actually, we raised him. We raised him. Yeah. My husband likes studs. He liked the baby stuff. I really wasn't that happy about him. But, um, yeah, that he just didn't really like barrels that well. And right. He really liked the bulldogging. Yeah, and, and then Garrett Tanazi had a blue roan mare that he won several hundred thousand dollars at the WCRA rodeos, and Justin, that was one of his head horses. Hmm. I guess I, I did know that Chuck had something to do with Oat. Now that I think about yeah. it, I just remember I loved that horse. Absolutely and loved watching. We named him after Oat Berry. So yeah, it was destiny. It was destined that that horse would be great. It was destined. <laughs> I am so thankful for the opportunity to visit with both of you. Um, what do you have? What is your role now as she gets ready for the national finals rodeo, Christy? I'm all about Bexley, my youngest granddaughter. I have nine grandkids and eight grand great grandkids. I was, I think I've been saying nine, but I think it's only eight. Okay. Um, you know, a few weeks ago I just got another one. So I, I love my grandkids. My kid, I love Bexley. She's five. I know what it's like to be a mom and trying to rodeo. Right. And. I know how busy they are and how professional they are. And they, they're all business. They, they, you know, they're self-employed, but they work. They have very good work ethic. Maybe too good. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I forget who it was. Taylor Santos. I did an interview with him at the Rodeo in Walla Walla, Washington. And I asked Taylor about people he had spent time with. And he said, when I, when I first got into the steer roping, I went up to Trevor Brazil's house in Decatur. And we talked a lot about a lot of things. And he quoted Trevor with the, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but I'm going to get it real close. Okay. If you, this is your job. And if you don't work at your job, mm-hmm. you're going to have to go get a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, some of the changes in my life recently, I really focus on that. This is your job. If you don't do your job now, you're going to be going to somebody saying, can I have a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't want to do that, I don't think. 
No, I don't. I think it, I think I wouldn't have to work as hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so my priority is helping with Bexley. Got it. I, I really enjoy spending time with her, and uh, and I I have to also point out I hate to brag on my kids. No, I don't. Really. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, is that they care about the horse. They want it to go to the right person and do the right thing because they want that horse to be successful and they want the people to be happy. Right. And I think that is the core of their program. Yeah. Um, 30 horses. That's got to be a all-day deal. It, it, well, we don't – not all of them are riding age. There's probably 10 that aren't riding age. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Justin and I both ride about six or eight a day each. Right. I want to go back to something we started into, and then um, I'll let you. I'll let you both get out of here. And thank you so much for your time. I talked to Coleman Proctor, the team roper, yesterday, and I was asking him how he handles the national finals rodeo and his horses. And he was talking about the fact that with autograph signings and other commitments, and he does a, a program for Purina every day at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. There's a lady there that kind of manages his horses for him. Yes, she's amazing. That she tr- that he trusts justifiably. He basically sees his rope horse about 10 minutes before he's supposed to go ahead of steer. Mm-hmm. Martha Josie once told me that's the biggest thing you can do. You did it differently than Martha talked about, Christy, Be- you know, is have somebody there to help you with your horses. Do you have somebody there to help you with Rolo? Or- obviously, Justin's there. Obviously, your mom's there. Is there... How, how much hands-on are you able to be with him today, given all the during the day, given all the other commitments you have? Well, thanks to all of the media and the Cowboy Channel and everything, the, the sponsors that have come in is amazing. Yeah. And I'm so appreciative them, to them to putting their time into worthy people, as in rodeo people. Right. Um, and so it has become a new job, uh, being there for my sponsors, and that's why Bexley doesn't come the whole time with us is because my effort has to go into competition and sponsors because it is there, you know, it's another living for us. Um, so yes, in 21, Justin and I tried to do everything by ourselves Mm -hmm. and we were exhausted by like the fourth night. Yeah. (laughs) And we, I had somebody fly in to help me while Justin was roping at the world series because we also add that into the circus of Vegas and we begged them to stay the rest of the time because we needed help. And so we learned from that. And so, yes, I do have help, Justin, and then another person. Um, and it is, it's a lot for me. I mean, I don't even let anybody tie my horse to the trailer. Right. Like if somebody ties him, I go and retie it just right. to be sure. I'm a control freak. I put my boots on. I saddle my horse. I do everything. So Las Vegas is very hard for me to let go and do that. But I have to do it for the autograph signings. But no, I will still see my horse a couple times a day whenever I can fit it in. Got it. Makes sense. Um, true or false? You get a lot more nervous watching your kids do something than you did when you were doing it. Absolutely true. <laughs> and when I look back on that, the first time I let her ride run Bozo was at Colorado Springs in that big outdoor pen. That was pretty smart, Mom, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
How'd it go? Well, it went absolutely great. Oh, good. <laughs> she was hooked. Yeah. <laughs> but I, the funny part of that story is, is Bozo was a lot of horse, and he ran in a hackamore. So it wasn't just he could just take it and go. And she literally led me to the eye. <laughs> and the announcer, which was Ardith Bruce, yeah. was like, okay, Christy, let go of the reins now. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll never forget, it was like I was on a roller coaster. My stomach hit my brain, and it was the coolest feeling in the world. And he ran barrels completely without me yep. for a long time until I got strong enough to... How old were you on that run? Twelve. Huh. Well, I mean, she had good. ponies, and she had the roughest horse in the whole world before that. So. Yes. She was ready. But one thing I appreciate so much of what my parents did for me versus kids these days... Um, I I went to the junior rodeos to BS with my friends. I right. did trail course and flags and keyhole on my pony till I was well over, you know what I mean, my level of riding. But I just went and had fun. Right. And then at the rodeos, I just rode bareback. And it wasn't, I, they didn't push me to be competitive until I was about probably 12 and now kids these days are five and six years old, and they're already worried about their competition and who they're going to beat. That's kind of important. If this if this ain't fun, why do it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, that's the way I've always believed anyway. For um, sure. And apparently you instilled that in her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they enjoy what they do every day. They yeah. get up and do what they enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, Christy, the, the, I'm going to finish – with you in the Hall of Fame, the same place that we started it. Um, when you got that phone call, whoever it was that called you on that day and said, we'd like to put you and Bozo mm -hmm. in the Hall of Fame at the same time. Um, I remember 2017 was the first year that the WPRA had members going into the hall. Yeah. And Carl Stressman said it best, what the hell took us so long? Um, it should have happened probably a long time ago, but now it's it's happened, and it's great that the WPRA is part of the Hall. You were in the second class of inductees that went into the Hall of Fame. What was your reaction when you got that call? Well, um, you know, I used to live around the Hall of Fame. You know, that was kind right. of my stomping ground. So it's it's just such an honor, and it's really an honor to have your horse inducted. Right. I mean, because honestly – God and Bozo deserve all the glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was, he lived to be 29. Yep. You know, we, t we, we talked earlier about horses lasting a long time. Mm -hmm. Scamper was 35, something like that, when yeah. he passed away. Yeah. Bozo was 29. Mm -hmm. You must have done something right for him. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he was just a, a beast. Yeah. You know, and he was turned out with the broodmares. He still liked the ladies. Well, know? mom quit running him probably more for me. I was just going to ask, how old was he when you quit running him for the last time? I want to say 19 or 19 Maybe. is when I stopped running him. You probably stopped running him at like 16. Mm -hmm. And so there was a few years left in there for me, which I was yeah. so grateful for, which I say every that's a, such a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because then that was my expectation for horses. <laughs> Bozo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she quit running him when he was sound and still had so much to give. And then I quit running him 
the second he slowed down at all. Because mm. we couldn't do that to his ego. Right. We never wanted him to be beat or slowed down. You know, and it, what he still ran a perfect pattern. He just couldn't push off quite as hard as he used to. His hocks right. just gave out yeah. before anything else did. And so, you know, he went out in the pasture sound and healthy and, and the boss. Did he... Uh how did he react the first few times that he got left home? I don't know. Were there times that the, the trailer pulled out and he wasn't in it and he looked at, looked at it like, wait, what? No. If he had his girls, he was happy. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, is Rolo at all like Bozo? They, besides for their personalities, like Rolo is a pet dog. Like I whistle at him and he comes running out of the pasture to go to his stall. And, but first he has to take his butt to me and I have to scratch his butt or his belly first before I can put the halter on. <laughs> like he's a dog. Bozo was not like that. Yeah. He was like, feed me, saddle me, run me. That's it. That's all I want. Scratch my butt. I might kick you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, he kicked me once. Mm -hmm. Did he? Yeah. Um, but they're the way they do things, how consistent they are, and how much they love their job, yes. Like when Rolo's on break and I lead a horse by his stall to load it in the trailer, he gets, he paws at the gate. He's the one that gives you the look like I just asked about. Yes, he gets so mad. And it's, it's just, it's so cool to have a horse that's as passionate about your job as you are. And they love it as much as you. And that's what makes you feel comfortable to do the things you ask them to do. Yeah. Um, Nightly, last I pro I keep saying this is the last question, and then I keep coming up with more things to ask you guys. Nightly at the National Finals Rodeo, um, are you two the same? Are you like your mom was? Was Christy when you were getting ready to run down the alleyway? Were you nervous? Were you focused? Were you aware of the what? What, what is that like when you're in that alleyway? We all see it on TV, you know the the. They're coming in, somebody's trying to lead a horse, and the horse has made five runs. And I'll bet you Bozo was a real handful for Chuck or whoever helped you get into the arena. We didn't have help then, most people. No, no, I didn't have help down the alley. Oh, really? It was he just was, you? Yeah, he was always good. Um, I'd say the first year I went, I didn't even know what day it was. Got Seriously. It. I mean, <laughs> yes. it was just a blur. Right. But then after you have gone, then, you know, you just kind of get into it. Do, do you, I think I got more excited than nervous. But I was on Bozo. Yeah. yeah. Now, when I would run a colt later after I quit, I was nervous. Yeah. Got it. How do you approach it nightly? I wish I could just have the first year over and over again. Not because <laughs> that was an amazing year, but just because no expectations. And you're just so happy to be there. Yeah. I wish I could just have that. Yeah. When you start putting expectations on yourself, it's, it's really it's a lot harder. Yeah, rodeo announcers don't help. Here's the world champion on the horse of the year. And you know, I mean, we, you know, you get the whole spiel from all of us. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the worst, probably. <laughs> um, you get the whole spiel from all of us every time you run into the arena, every place you go. Yeah, and then watch this. She won't hit a barrel. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Um, Christy, thank you. Jordan, thank it's been you. A pleasure. Um, I talked to Christy the day before we did this, and cooked up this idea of having Jordan come in and so you got this at the last minute and I really appreciate it and thank you so much uh, for for being a part of this and I hope folks have enjoyed it and learned a little something from it um, thank you. what uh, what should everybody remember about your horse Bozo as they think about him I just want him to remember that he loved it yeah 
which is the same thing you said about Rolo. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they do have a lot in common. Yes. Yes, for they sure. do. Jordan Briggs, number two in the WPRA's Barrel Racing World Standings. Her mom, Christy Peterson, four times a world champion. And 2018, both Christy and her horse, Bozo, inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, representing the WPRA. Thank you for joining us for Legends of the Hall. Please make sure you subscribe. Thanks to the folks at Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. I'm Steve Kinney.